Hey y'all, I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn, aka Coach Quay, the productivity coach and your motivational queen. And this is the Productive Mompreneur Show. This podcast is for mompreneurs who want tips to be more productive in their family life and their business. Because God so freely gave these tools to me, I will give you everything you need. Do you need motivation? Motivation. And where should you go? Coach Quay. Maybe you might need some stimulation. Stimulation. Who got that? Coach Quay. Coupled with some determination. Determination. You already know. Coach Quay. And given that supernatural inspiration. Inspiration. Oh, yeah. Coach Quay. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Productive Mompreneur Show. I'm your host, Jaquela Lynn. Let's dive right in. So last week, we talked about living the life that you deserve. And I know that in order for you to truly live the life you deserve, you need someone to give you the tips and tools to get there. And I have just the person to talk to to help us do exactly that and be the amazing entrepreneurs, or in this case, I'm going to say freelancer, that we can be. And to talk about that, I have an amazing woman, Sarah Townsend here, to help us discuss this conversation, to really dig into it. I love what Sarah has going on. She is working for getting an award, so we'll hear more about that. She is an author, a freelancer, and I'm going to tell you, I had to Google the difference between a freelancer and an entrepreneur. I learned that we are the same. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Me being here in the U.S. and Miss Sarah being over in the U.K., right? Yeah, that's correct. Something totally new for me. So I want to welcome Sarah Townsend. Sarah, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so hey everyone, I am, as um, Chiquela says, I'm from the heart of England, beautiful Cotswold countryside, and I've been a freelance copywriter for 22 years, and last year I decided to write a book to share my experiences of freelance life, the good and the bad, to help other people become successful just more quickly and with a lot fewer mistakes along the way. So, um, yeah, I published Survival Skills for Freelancers in June last year, and I just thought I'd go back to doing full-time copywriting after, and it's just not been the case. It's turned my life upside down. I've turned into this kind of small business cheerleader, supporting entrepreneurs and small business owners to prioritize their mental health and well-being, because if you burn out when you're a small business owner, you have no business left. We all know this and burnout and overwhelm are all too common so I talk a lot about boundaries and finding your community and all this sort of thing to really help you get more enjoyment from self-employment awesome thank you so much so I'm excited to just jump right into this conversation Sarah and I had our first conversation together a couple weeks ago and I mean like we just clicked right yeah we did I love (laughs) Just, you know, everything she was saying, I was like, we are on one accord. We are talking about the same thing here. And so Sarah has some years on me in this freelance (laughs) entrepreneur life. And so I'm like, let me bring someone to help all of us because I am not above being helped. I can always use help. You all, I am reading her book and I mean, I'm taking notes. I think I have now like six pages of notes of things that I knew 
but hearing it a different way just really changed my perspective on it. And so yeah. sometimes it just, it just depends on what you want to write and how you write it. And the readers that are called to you will get it and it will make a difference in their lives. So um, tell us your mom, tell us about your kids a little bit, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I basically started my journey into freelance life when I was I'd been working at this magazine publishing agency, just a bit of background. And I absolutely loved my job, but I became pregnant and I live in Gloucester and I was working in a city called Bristol. And uh, I just knew that I didn't want to go back to work full time when I was a mum. It was my first child. I didn't know anything about running a business and I didn't know anything about being a mom. So I found myself in this really tough position where, yeah, I'd been drawn to the idea of the freedom and the flexibility of freelance life. But I really knew nothing about how to be a freelancer or a a business owner. So it was really tough. And to be perfectly honest, I was rubbish at it for the first, I reckon, the good a good 10 years. I had no boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. I didn't even realize that you should say no sometimes right. to people who are the wrong clients. They're not the right fit for your business. And I quite quickly found that instead of having one boss, which I had when I was employed, I quickly let all my clients become mini bosses Mm. so my clients were telling me where you know they were dictating the hours that I worked they were sometimes dictating what they paid me instead of me telling them this was what I charged they were telling me what I wouldn't do and would and wouldn't do and I think it's really important to be clear on what you won't accept from your clients and to be really clear on your boundaries because that is when when you start to respect yourself enough to realize that you need boundaries and that you need to say no and that you need to have a finishing time at the end of the day and time when when you're with your kids you're doing your mum thing you can't be distracted every few moments by the phone by your emails so you have strategies in place like super simple things like set an email out of out of office response and say look I my working days are Tuesday and Thursday or whatever it is that works for you to manage your clients expectations and when people know what they're dealing with they can see that you respect you and they will respect you as a result and Jaquela I've just realized I didn't tell you anything about my kids at all so (laughs) in a nutshell I've got a daughter who's 22 Okay. She's at university now in Bristol, where I was working. She's studying sociology. And I have a son, George, who is 19, turned 19 a couple of weeks ago, and is at that stage where he's not sure what he wants to do. He's currently stop gapping, working in Starbucks. (laughs) And um, yeah, he's he's had a couple of good opportunities come his way. So yeah, we shall see. Okay. So my kids are the opposite end of the spectrum. I have a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. So I don't know that life yet. We are still dealing with um, 
no diapers anymore. Thank God. But (laughs) (laughs) with the needy, lovey, kiss my boo-boo stuff right now, you know, um, which I absolutely love. I'm not complaining. I miss that. I was going to say, I love it when they hug me and squeeze me and kiss me Mm. and give me all their little germs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you've got 20 plus years in this journey. And I think it's really awesome that you focus on the mental health and well-being. Like for Mm. me, that's important. I have hundreds of clients where I help them focus on their mental health, their physical well-being, taking care of themselves. How did you go from a copywriter and working in a magazine? What did you say? It was a magazine, right? Yeah, I was working on magazines that you pick up in store. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Customer magazines. Okay. How did you go from that to focusing on mental health and well-being? How that well. I guess, yeah, like I say, I kind of just thought I'd write the book and then just go back to being a full-time copywriter. So I am still doing copywriting. I have a very select number of clients who I work with now. And the lovely thing is that I work with all my favorites, all the people who I really love working for. And I set the terms and we kind of work on this even keel basis where it's mutual trust and mutual respect and that's great and that's the day job and so after I self-published survival skills for freelancers it had such an incredible response because people were saying I love this book because it talks about the stuff that's in here in your mind and the stuff that's in here in your heart so the confidence issues and the ways in which we hold ourselves back and we get in our own way and we don't grasp those opportunities to do those exciting things that will take our business to the next level because we almost on some level don't believe we deserve the success. That's the imposter syndrome kicking in. And we almost think, well, I'm not sure about what will success feel like. We're almost as afraid of success as we are of failure Mm -hmm. and um yeah so I just I had been invited to talk on podcasts for years to talk about copywriting and I always thought oh I don't have the confidence to do that whereas with the book since I published the book just over a year ago I've chatted on over 50 podcasts and over 50 live events and the reason being that I can really clearly see where I'm helping people because people have have given me the feedback that they've read so many books about being self-employed and it tells you maybe how to do a business plan or how to set up a strategy or how to do the practicalities social media all this kind of thing and my book covers that stuff productivity, focus, motivation, dealing with procrastination, all these things. But it also deals with how do you deal with the bad days? You know, because people say when you do a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I really dislike that phrase because I feel like when we're working for ourselves, we're entrepreneurs, we're doing that thing we love. And therefore, we almost hold that against ourselves. And we think, wow, you know, I am not supposed to be having bad days because I'm doing this thing I love. And it feels ungrateful or wrong in some way to have the bad days. But 
they're so normal. Everybody gets them. And I talk in the book about how to, to deal with them. But I've also talked on these hundred plus podcasts and live events about doing it. And I've just found it so it's so empowering and so important to me. It feels more like a calling. Yeah. And and I, I believe it. You know, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and especially my community here of mompreneurs, we jump in with this idea and we have no boundaries because our brain says you're mom always. And I had to learn that when mommy closes the door in the office, I'm boss. And I love reading that in your book when you had, when you talked about setting boundaries and having work hours. And Mm -hmm. I think there was one other thing you said and having a dedicated workspace. I used to work wherever I wanted to, and that gave everyone access to me. And therefore I was distracted and I wasn't getting anything done. I wasn't making Mm -hmm. any money. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I started doing those very things, so I, I identified with a lot of things in your book because I set my space. I am blessed to have a space that I can call just my office, but I know that a lot of people are not, but I am blessed to have my space. And as I was reading your book, I'm like, okay, check. I'm doing that and check. (laughs) So you made me feel good. I loved this one thing. You talked about mind's tips to boost resilience. And Mm. I hear you talking about confidence and not having the confidence to do things. And you need that resilience if you're going to be an entrepreneur. And so I loved your four categories for the mind's tips, the lifestyle changes, taking care of your health, which a lot of people do not (laughs) Um, giving yourself breaks. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is the thing, isn't it? Like we, we get so busy that we almost think, oh, I can't afford to take a break. Mm -hmm. So what we end up doing is quite often we'll be hunched over our laptop all day. We'll end up with eye strain, a headache. We'll have sore eyes. We'll have backache. We'll get up at the end of the day and go, oh, you know, you feel like you've not taken care of yourself because you've not taken time to make yourself a decent lunch and then when you're not eating well the stress piles up you end up not sleeping well so I can't stress enough the importance of building these breaks into your day you're the boss at the end of the day you need to design your day or your week around when you know you're at your most productive and really capitalize on that so if you know that perhaps you don't really get your head into your work until the afternoon then make sure mornings are time for when you take your calls your zoom calls you um when you book online networking or whatever because that will help to enliven you and then when it gets to your productive time of day you can get your head down because you've got all that stuff ticked off so with the breaks it's almost like the more busy you get the more you need those breaks, but the less you feel that you can justify taking them. Yeah. And it's so important because we all need to step away from the laptop. You can't think, the the human brain is not designed to look at the same thing all day and be inspired. You're not inspired. You're not fulfilled. You're not motivated. You're not productive. But when you get up from your desk and you go downstairs, stick the kettle on while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, 
dance in your kitchen like no one's watching because hopefully no one is <laughs> get I keep a set of hand weights in this drawer just here so I do read-throughs of my documents I'll just get Microsoft Word or whatever to read out the document I'm working on bonus tip right there and while I'm doing that I stand up away from my desk and I do like reps of my my arm um hand weights and all that kind of stuff that helps us to it's good for your eyes because you're changing the distance of your focus. It's good for your brain because it gives your brain these sort of, it's a bit of a, a change in status. You've gone from looking at this document that you're a bit like, oh, I can't see the wood for the trees. And then you go downstairs while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. Maybe you're looking out the window at the garden or at the hills or at the city, wherever you live. The best thing to do is to make sure that you get those regular, go downstairs, get away from your desk, have a little bit of a stretch, loosen up just for five minutes. And then what you can do as a, as a mom is because we all have this issue of, oh my God, I don't want to get to the end of the day and then find that I have all these chores built up that I have to do. So I recommend using this thing called the Pomodoro technique, which is a tried and tested time management technique that works by breaking your day down into manageable chunks of time. And the idea is you work without distraction for 25 minutes. So you set a timer, 25 minutes, five minute break at the end of it. Now your five minute breaks, that's when you get up away from your desk, you do the stretching, you go downstairs. And while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, unload the dishwasher fold the laundry um get get a wash on tidy up like quickly whiz the hoover around I've got one of those stick hoovers vacuum cleaner what do you call them over there vacuum cleaner, vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and and I can just whiz around while I'm waiting for the kettle to boil it is as quick as that so it's these quick little bursts of energy you feel like you're doing something good because you're eating away at that pile of chores and then you get to the end of the day and you're kind of, oh, it's all half done. But at the same time, all this stuff that you're doing is enlivening your body. And that will help to, obviously, it's not the same as doing proper exercise and you need to build that in daily as well. But that helps just to get you, your brain active, looking at different things, thinking of different things, taking your focus away from the thing that you're working on so that you can get a fresh perspective. And it's so important. I love that. So you've got your hand weights. And as you can see, uh, oh, it's over there. I have my hula hoop. So I amazing on my breaks and you call them breaks and I call them my grace periods. I I teach my people in my class, add grace to your schedule. She's my best friend and I allow her to be yours as well, because I believe that those breaks are important. We need to get our brain off the focus that it's been on just for a moment so that when we come back, we are able to jump right in. I know for me, there's been times where I've been reading, working on a document and I'll read the same sentence like eight times and it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, okay, I've been sitting here too long. So when I read about the, how you say it? Pomodoro? Pomodoro. Pomodoro. Yeah. It's based on, oh, look at this. Um, So it's the Italian for tomato. So this is, this is, I don't know whether you have them over in the States, but this is a a, a kitchen timer, okay, a tomato shaped kitchen timer. And this is what the, uh, what the technique is named after 
but you don't need to use one of those. Obviously, you can download an app to your phone. There are some apps that will time the 25 minutes and then automatically time the five minute break and automatically take you back into the next 25 minute cycle. And those are brilliant. I don't know what they'd be called over there. So I won't drop any names because probably they're different. But you can also just use the timer on your phone. And the key thing is that we can all focus for a period of 25 minutes. Anybody can focus on that, provided you've got your distractions switched off. So you put your phone on, do not disturb. You set your email out of office message. And if the phone rings, let the voicemail get it. That's what voicemail is for. So all these things add up to letting you focus and stay on task and stay ticking things off your to-do list. And the more chunks of 25 minutes you can get into your day the more you can get done so even if you're just you know you're juggling being a mom and you're perhaps only working mornings the amount of productivity you can get out of that time can be improved significantly yeah I I like that a lot I used to do I would try and sit down for two hours I'm like I'm gonna sit down for two hours and get some work done. And I found that I didn't get anything done hardly in those two hours. I was full of distractions. I never used airplane mode on my cell phone. I never muted my my emails. I just allow everything to come in. And so I use that technique. I never knew what it was called, but I, mm-hmm. I've, all, I've been using it for years because I felt like I can work this small chunk of time and then I'll take a break. It might not be five minutes. I got a family of five. So a load of clothes folding over here, it it takes a little longer than five minutes. (laughs) Um, And I follow the rule that if I wash it, I dry it and I fold it and put away or else it will sit in the baskets forever. So, you know, it'll be my first break. I wash my second break. I dry and then the third break, I fold it. And the fourth one, I put it away, you know, and sometimes there's a break in between those, depending on how long it takes the washer and dryer. So that's when, you know, dishes or sweeping the floor or whatever it's done. So I love it. My, my three-year-old, he utilizes my breaks for drawing, for playing guess who, which playing guess who with him is hilarious. Love guess who. He does not play it correctly. I say, do you, does your guy have gray hair? He said, no, but my guy is a pilot. He flies in the airplanes and he wears glasses. And I'm like, okay, your guy has glasses. Yeah, it's a whole nother game of guess who when you're playing with my three-year-old. But <laughs> so I love what you said. Um, so you talked about boundaries and confidence. So I want to give some of the ladies here a boost for their self-esteem because I meet so many moms who tell me I can't run a business because I have a kid or I can't do this because no one will take me seriously as a mom instead of a full-time employer. And so I meet so many women whose self-esteem is just in the garbage. Mm. What do you, how do you lift these women up? Like, how can we help these moms who have ideas to start businesses, get their self-esteem together so they can really go for it? I think a lot of it comes down to things like that self-doubt that we don't believe that we can do it, like you say, particularly if you have 
I mean, I talk a lot about negative self-talk, which is that where you get inside your own head. And anytime you do anything that goes wrong, you're kind of really down on yourself, like, oh, you idiot, how could you be so stupid? And it, uh, uh, somebody once said to me that if you picture, instead of saying it to yourself, if you picture someone that you really love, so uh, uh, your son, for example, and you imagine that you're saying that to them, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why we talk to ourselves like this and we get into this negative spiral of negativity and not believing in ourselves. So actually, if you can nip it in the bud, I mean, if that technique works for you, picturing somebody you love, a child or something like this, because it's almost as if we're talking to our inner child and there's this unresolved stuff from childhood that we didn't really deal with when we didn't perhaps get as much validation from those around us when we were younger. And yeah, if you can kind of reframe those thoughts with something more positive, just catch them quickly and reframe them with, okay, well, that thing that I just did didn't go as well as I had hoped, but at least I tried. And if you're not trying with like, I think allow yourself permission to make mistakes Mm -hmm. because I think uh, particularly with women, we are given these expectations, we have to be perfect. We have to be always thinking about pleasing the other person. We have to be selfless. We have to put our children first, which of course we do, but we can put our businesses up there in the order of priority as well. So uh, I'm living proof that you can have a successful business and be be a mom. There are so many incredible women out there, yourself included. And we are, we're doing it. So There is just, I think, look at people in your industry or in in your community here with Chikorela. I think learn from people who have been there and done it and learn what they have learned. So with things like self-doubt, give yourself permission to fail to make mistakes because you make a mistake, we try, we fail, we learn and we grow. So it's only actually by trying new things and it's only by taking risks that we can grow. So to give an example from my own experience, I was just saying that I wouldn't I'd never say yes to going on a podcast until I had the book to talk about. And what that meant was that I had these opportunities out there to reach a wider audience and to talk to more people and to share my expertise and my experience with these people, but I didn't have the confidence in myself. So I would say no, I would hold myself back, and then I would be kicking myself, thinking, oh, I wish I'd had the opportunity to do that thing or say that thing, but I didn't have the confidence. So When you grasp those opportunities that give you the opportunity to take your business or yourself as an individual forward onto the next level, you might think you don't have the confidence, but the secret is doing the thing for the first time. Because when you do that thing, the boost of confidence that you get from doing something that is new and different and brave and bold and outside your comfort zone When you do those things, you grow in confidence and it's not an overnight thing. It's a step by step process. But just maybe start by grasping an opportunity, saying yes to something that perhaps you would previously have said no to. Mm -hmm. 
And also thinking about saying no more to things that you really don't want to do. So the shoulds, I don't like the word should. (laughs) I still use it, but I would like to ban it from my vocabulary because we know when something is an obligation. And actually, are we really letting somebody down by saying no? Whatever it is, sometimes it by saying no to the thing, you're freeing yourself up more time to work on you and to grow your confidence. Listen to more podcasts, join communities, read empowering books. I mean, I've had so many people leave reviews saying, I felt my confidence in myself as an individual and as a mom and as a business owner grow with the turn of every page of of my book. And there's one person said, I now feel like I am able to take myself seriously as a business owner and not just a mum. And, you know, that's what it's all about for me, because we've all got the ability. We've all got the skills. We just need the confidence. We need to stop blocking ourselves and getting in our own way. Absolutely. So, you know, I feel strongly about just a mom, you know, and I tell women all the time, we are more than just a mom. That is the name of my whole community, more than just a mom. That's amazing. (laughs) I want to bring that out and let you know that when you were created, you weren't a mom when you came into existence. You are more than just a mom, you know, and I, I heard a speaker say one time to take the just out. And when I started taking the just out, I realized how powerful I truly was. I'm not yeah. just a wife. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a minister. You know, I was able to look and see that I'm a woman. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I have great purpose. And I said, I need to like infuse this into other women. And so I'm all about community. And I know that you're all about community because there was a moment where I was like, oh, I can't tell people what I'm doing because they're going to try and steal what I got. And so more like competition for me and I was struggling. So I know that you talk about the importance of community over competition. What do you have to say about that one? How can we our listeners for that? I I do. Uh, First of all, can I share just very quickly going back to what you just said about the word just? Yeah. Anybody who is listening, switch on to how many times you use the word just in your emails and use this as just a little experiment. Oh, there we go. Just use this as a little experiment. And next time you write an email, go back over it and take out just every time and just listen to how much more important and strong and confident your message sounds because it really does make a difference. So yeah, community and competition. So I think when a lot of us first start out in business, we are a bit cautious of other people who do same the same or similar work to us. Right. And it's really common for people to kind of go, okay, well, say, for example, you're in a community or you're at a networking event. And in my case, I might, somebody might say, oh, there's another copywriter over there. Um, and I would think, oh, oh, this for years I did this. For, well, for starters, full disclosure, I didn't network for the first 10 years of my business. I didn't think networking was a thing for 20 something year old women as I was when I started out. I just thought it was middle aged men in suits. And so I didn't bother. And now, obviously, I know that 
there are as many different networking types as there are women out there. Absolutely. So any gender, obviously, but yeah, so it's really common for us to come from this, almost this place of fear where we are scared that other people who do the same or a similar job to us are going to steal our ideas or um, take our clients or poach our projects from us and that means that we kind of close down a little bit but by closing down we're actually shutting ourselves off from all these incredible opportunities because the people who do the same job as you they are your community whether you realize it or not those are the people who face the same challenges day in day out they know what it's like dealing with challenging customers. They know what it's like when you're not sure what to charge for a job and you need someone to bounce ideas off. They know what it's like to feel that a project is a little bit too big for you alone to take on, but you don't have the right people who can complement your skill set, who you can actually buddy up with and do the job together. So, when you find community, and again, as with the networking, it can take a little while to find the right community. It sounds like yours just here is fantastic. So when you've got the people around you who you feel like you're in a safe space, you feel that you can share your vulnerabilities and the things that you're concerned about, as well as sharing your wins and being proud about your achievements, celebrating those small victories that you have during the week. So, yeah, I I just think to, I'm just now, oh God, doing it again. I'm aware of how many times I'm saying just. (laughs) It's It's a verbal tick, obviously. But if you find your community and you are prepared to be generous, so you must go into any community, not with with the right intention. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're there, not just to take, not just to draw energy from that group, but to give, to infuse with your generosity, your advice, your knowledge, your experience. And when you show up and you are that person, you're there to help others, you're open to giving. It's amazing how much comes back to you. Oh, yeah. I'll share a story. So in my community, I, I don't discriminate on anyone. Like if you're a woman, you're a mom, you're an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur, we welcome you to our community. And so a lady joined the community recently and I don't know, maybe two hours after she joined, (laughs) she sent my whole community a message in their inbox, inviting them to allow her to share her services with them. Has she been in the community long enough? She would have already known that I do the same thing that she already does, you know? And so a lot of the people in my community are my customers already. They work with me. They trust me. They know me. They like me, you know, they don't know her. Therefore, they reached out to me to tell me this lady sent me an inbox message offering her services. So I used it as a learning 
moment for her. And I reached out and I, and I thanked her for being in my group. And I shared with her, when you want to join a community, a real community, you can't go in with the idea, I'm going to get clients today. I said, you need to come in, share your value, share your, your worth. Why should you be in this community? What do you have to offer? And let them come to you when they see what you have to offer. Yes. And she's like, thank you. Um, she was, you know, she, she put a big, um, she was so confused. I think she thought I was coming to tear her down and kick her out the group and, you know, just go off on her. But I saw this as an opportunity to train her how to be better when it comes to community, especially during these times we're in COVID, we can't really go out and network the way we want to, you know, I want to put on a pretty cocktail dress and go somewhere, but we can't sometimes, you know, and so if we're going to do this virtual community, we got to do it right. So I had an opportunity to train her and the people who came to me, who some of them were furious and a few of them were just kind of like, did you know that she's, you know, offering blah, blah, blah. I had the opportunity to share with them like, okay, we're going to use this as an opportunity to train her. And so I love that whoever's listening to us today, when you go into a community, add value, add content, really share your, 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 your stuff on the inside of you that you have, instead of going in looking to grow your business, because if you do what you're supposed to do, your business will grow. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm so excited. I feel like we could talk forever because uh, most of the subjects that you talk on, like I can totally see us having another conversation, um, digging through some more of the book, you know, really giving out some of the tips. Cause I would, I do want to have one piece that we talk about because we have some women who are listening, who they're thinking, I want to start a business. What, what do I need? What, what are some basic tips that you would give these moms to get their business started? That is such a huge question because the eight things that I think you need to know before you get started form the eight myths in the book. So kind of taking it back to it, it, it's just as if asking me to pick one of them is like picking a favorite child. So we've talked about community. We've talked very, in a very small way about imposter syndrome, about valuing yourself, which touches on cost. Things like if you are currently in an employed role or if you're in any situation where you can save, and I have to be very cautious saying this because I don't know what the the financial situation is for you um, in the US, But if you've got the luxury of a pot of savings behind you, an emergency fund, whatever you want to call it, that gives you the confidence to sort of go forth into the world without this feeling of desperation. Because we've all been in groups and this is another, it's sort of a, a deadly sin of being in groups, isn't it? You can't go into a group and say, 
oh, hi, I'm Sarah. I write websites. Let me write your website for you. I'm a copywriter. You do have to have that time where you're establishing yourself. You're getting your name out there. You're becoming known. You have to be visible. That's a really important thing. And a lot of people, particularly women, feel very uncomfortable about that because we think we don't want to be salesy. We don't want to be pushy. This is not the same thing. This is being visible. This is showing up, showing people who you are. So, for example, if you're one of these people who has a business account on Instagram and you post businessy content and yeah, great. It's content that adds value. It's helping people. It's giving advice. But your photo on your social media is the logo of your business. You never show your face. Nobody actually knows, even perhaps in some cases, your name, just your business name. That for me is not showing up. You have to let people in because when you are completely yourself in business, you will attract the people who are meant to work with you because they are attracted to who you are at your heart not putting on some persona and believe me I speak from experience because I did that for the first 12-15 years of running a business I was pretending to be who I thought I needed to be to be accepted as a businesswoman and it's only relatively recently that I have decided to just embrace my quirks embrace the weirdness and the things that make me me and unique and sometimes a little bit tricksy but (laughs) by doing that yeah sure I'm repelling some people because those are not my people those are people who wouldn't understand the way my mind works and my attention for detail and my need for knowing every last thing before I start working with someone. And that's fine. So your marketing message is intended to repel the wrong people and to attract the right people. So if you can go onto your social media and yeah, make sure that you're still adding the value, you're entertaining, you're informing, you're engaging your audience, you're using their language, but also show up as you. So every, maybe every nine posts, so your, your grid that's kind of visible yep. <laughs> on the screen, put something personal. Okay, so maybe your child just started at university. Do you call them universities? Silly question. We say college. College, yeah. So maybe you have a child who just started at college and how that makes you feel as a mom. Maybe your child just started at kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Would you call it? We would yeah. call it nursery. Okay. Um, maybe you have uh, won an award or you have uh, um, secured a new client that you're really excited about. Share those stories so that people get to know the real you because that is how they will feel a connection with you. And really, actually, even by sharing vulnerabilities, there's this thing called a vulnerability loop, which I only discovered when I was writing the book. Although I knew what it was, because I'd experienced it so many times, I didn't know it had a name. And it's when you are in a situation where you feel that there is the beginnings of trust between you and the person you're having the conversation with. And so you open up just a tiny bit and you might say, oh, do you know, I find that really hard and that makes me feel uncomfortable and that's difficult because X, Y, Z. And in return, that person 
then feels empowered and safe and comfortable to share their own vulnerability and to empathize with you and to say, oh yeah, I can really understand where you're coming from because a similar situation happened to me recently. And gosh, isn't this great that you're then starting to build the next level of trust, empathy and support of one another. And that's how relationships grow. And I love that. Yeah. I think it's yeah. super important. So I like that. So our first and biggest tip is to show up, be authentically you before you go and try and blow your bank account up. <laughs> and I learned, you know, I, I identify with what you said. I was trying to show up in a way that I thought I needed to. Yeah. And that was hard and it was causing stress on me. And I'm like, I don't want this. I want to be this person who I truly am. And so I started doing that and I'm, I'm strategic with my nine grids, you know, like, <laughs> so when you get there, you're going to get some value. You're going to get some, some education. You're going to get some literacy, you know, you're going to get some good stuff. And then you're going to see something about me and my husband mm. or, you know, I just recently shared that my youngest son and I went into the family restroom and he was supposed to be washing his hands across the family restroom and not paying me any attention. And within moments, he says, I knew it. I knew you peed from your butt. And, <laughs> and you know, and I shared that. And that was a relatable moment. <laughs> All my boy moms, they knew what I was talking about. You know, for, for many years, my oldest son, he wanted to know if I had a penis. Where's the where's your penis mom? You know? And so we spent <laughs> years explaining to him the difference between girls and boys, you know? And so I share these relatable moments mm -hmm. on my post because it's real life. You know, life is not always about reaching out to clients and prospecting and selling stuff and packaging things. As a mom, sometimes I have to sit, take a step back. You know, I went live and my son came in and he said, here, draw me a star on my paper. And I'm like, I'm live. And he's like, draw the star right here. You know, and my friends were laughing. They, you know, they're typing in there. We all call him boss baby. And they said, boss baby has come in, you know? <laughs> and so I share those relatable things because that's authentically who I am. I am a mom through and through. And I also am a wife. I'm also a business owner and I own all of that, you know, and I mm. share those things. And I think when women decide, I want to be an entrepreneur and I'm a mom or, and I'm a wife or, you know, whatever your titles are. We talk a lot about the different titles in my book, you know, because so many women wear all these different hats and they don't know how to balance correctly. They think balance is giving equal time to everything. And I'm no. like, no, that's not balance. That's, that's insane. If you give a hundred percent to everything, you're going to be burnt out. And so I teach them how to give the right amount of time to the right titles, the right ro uh, roles or tasks, you know, and I don't give certain people even 75% of my time, you know, like that's crazy. I'm going to give you this moment. Here's your block of time. You better utilize it hundred percent. You better get all you need during that time. But yeah, I was just, I laugh at that because I see people's page and I'm following a girl. I wasn't following her before, but since she reached out, I started following her, but I had no idea it was a real person behind it. I thought yeah. 
Yeah, I thought it was. Sometimes I don't even know what gender they are. Yeah. I will say, you know, I, sometimes someone will send me a message and I'll say, I'd love to. I'm a big fan of voice notes. So I'm always voice noting people all over LinkedIn and Instagram. Can't do it on Twitter because Twitter is behind <laughs> the curve as always. But I, I'm always voice noting people and saying, great to hear from you. I'd love to address you by your first name, but. I don't even know whether you're male or female. I, 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 there's no sense of that through their posts. And, and sometimes they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm Chloe, I'm, I'm Haley, whatever. And I just think, I hope that people perhaps get a bit of a wake up call having a message like that, thinking, oh, well, I wonder if other people think the same. Exactly. And I've realized that I didn't finish off the thought about the money and it was just really to say that yes the kind of one of the sins of being in the group is going oh hey yeah you know let me do this you don't want to do that and because it takes time to show up and to build your reputation and to get known and to add the value and to become this person with this reputation who people know like and trust you need that financial buffer if the pressure is on to start getting work instantly it is not a nice place to be. It's very difficult to be in that situation where someone will put perhaps, oh, I'm looking for a copywriter. And then there's this bun fight. I don't know what you'd call that. But there's this mad scramble for, oh, I'll do I'll do that work for 500 bucks. Oh, oh, I'll do it for 250. Oh, well, I'll do it for 100. You know, nobody wants to get involved in that race from the bottom. So stay classy I think and step out of that and and make a mental note that you won't engage in that level of interactivity because that's not what you're here for you're not here to be the cheapest right you're here to be the person and you're not even here to be the best and I think that's a really important message to share because people won't choose to work with you because you're the best at what you do they will choose to work with you and they will come back time and time again because they like you yep. and you make life easy for them and they enjoy working with you and you're fun and you have the energy. So keep that in mind. Don't, don't worry about always striving to be the best and certainly disengage from wanting to be the cheapest because you're worth more than that. Absolutely. You know, I raised my prices a couple years ago and I was scared to death. I said, no one's going to come to me. And I remember when people were questioning me and they said, you, you charge what? <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And it was a confidence thing for me. I had to confidently say, yes, this is what I charge. This is what I'm worth. And when you are ready to pay for what I'm worth, then I will still be here, you know, and I lost some clients but I gained some valuable clients who understood my worth and they understood mm -hmm. that I'm giving them me. They weren't coming to me just because I'm good at what I do. I yeah. created a whole workbook for my class and it had a typo in it. And I bust out laughing. I pointed out the typo and, you know, people were like, I can't believe you pointed that out. I can't believe you didn't fix it first. And I'm like, fix it. Why? I made a mistake. It's okay. So we make mistakes, we grow from them, we keep it moving. And so yeah, yeah. I love that. Keep it real as well. Yeah, exactly. And I told some ladies the other day, they said, what should I do? I said, don't, don't quit your day job, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. start saving, make plans so that when you are ready and you've reached the point that you can actually quit your job, then you do it. So 
you know, I'm excited to see what comes from this. And, you know, we've got some amazing people who are listening. So if you're listening and you're like, I'm a mom, I want to start a new business. I need help. Well, I've got two ways that you can get help. You can order Sarah's book for sure. And the link will be in the show notes and you can connect with Sarah and you can also join my group again, more than just the mom. We've opened up the course for the productivity blueprint where we're helping moms to literally go from that burnout to truly being productive and and increasing their revenue creating lives that they love and they can actually enjoy it. I don't want us to be out here working to the bone and not even enjoying any of that. So I want to teach these women how to do that. And, you know, I've seen, like I said, some great tips in your book. I definitely wrote down six pages of notes because I said, oh, this is good. You know, I knew this, but to hear it this way, it it just, it touched me a different way. And so I appreciate you for this. Appreciate you for using your gift and writing this book, for joining us on this podcast and really putting out such great information. I pray that these women take it and run with it. Oh, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to tell us before we hop off of here? Oh, it might be worth mentioning if all your listeners are in the States, if anybody has Audible, I probably could fix them up with a free copy of the book on Audible because the here in the UK, the paperback version has been out just over a year and it's got 330 reviews and most of them are five star, which is just blows my mind. But the Audible version of the book is really new because I couldn't record it during lockdown. And so when the Audible book came out, they supplied me with a number of codes for listeners in the States. And if you were prepared to listen to the book and leave me a review, then because Audible uses a different review system, long story short, I have about five reviews on Audible and 330 for the paperback. So if anybody would like me to fix them up with a code, then do drop me a line. And if anyone connects with me, I would love to hear from you and tell me that Jaquela sent sent you um, because I love to know where people have come from. So yeah, just be great to hear from anybody. And Jaquela, I'd love to talk to you again. I could talk to you all day. Oh yeah, I I got plans for us. You had so many things that I could talk to you about. I'm like, I would need hours upon hours for us to really just dig in and share and just really connect with, with each other and our audience. So I'm truly grateful for you. And you. Thank you. So you have heard from the amazing Sarah Townsend. I am so grateful that she came and joined us, that she took time out of her day to bless us with her knowledge and expertise. I pray that this podcast episode blesses you, that you grow from it, and that you go do something productive. And I'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Productive Mompreneur Show. If you enjoyed today's episode and found value in it, it would mean a lot to me if you share your biggest takeaway in your Instagram stories and tag at Jaquela Lynn. That'll help me help you through these podcast episodes. And while we're helping people, you can take one minute to rate, review, subscribe, and share with other people who you think might enjoy this. To learn how to work with me directly or get access to my tips, freebies, and trainings, be sure to head over to jaquelalynn.com. Put slash community if you want to join my Facebook community. 
I'm Jaquela Lynn. Thanks for adding me to your to-do list. Now go do something productive. You already know. Good way.